was looking up a few quotes with respect to this. Um, for example, this is one of them. I'm not a non-believer. In fact, I'm a devout believer in God. And that God is I, the human. What's up, everybody? This is Josh from Practical Theism. Happy Friday, everyone. Um, I was doing some reading this morning and I wanted to share a few thoughts that were coming out. We're seeing a lot of themes right now, by the way, in the gospel readings. Because we're going through the Gospel of John. Today, we skip ahead from John 8 to John 10. And uh, there's a really interesting theme that's being kind of pulled out through these readings that I really hope everybody is seeing. And it's this idea of scapegoating, always looking for the fault in the other. We saw that in full display, for example, with the woman who's caught in adultery and everybody is getting ready to stone her. And Jesus says that he who has no, no sin uh, be the first to cast the first stone. And nobody could do it because we all sin and we all fall short. We don't hit that mark of ultimate perfection in our alignment with God's will. And so... This is a, a really sobering idea and thought that sometimes we don't always think about and come to the forefront of our mind. So uh, in John 10, I just wanted to touch on a, f- a couple of the verses. So it says, the Jews picked up to rocks to stone Jesus. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works for my father. For which of these are you trying to stone me? The Jews answered him, we're not stoning you for a good work, but for blasphemy. I'm going to stop right there. The first thing that like that is always so prevalent to me. And I'm guilty of this, hardcore. And we do it, whether we do it in our verbal actions or internally before we even say anything, we do it all the time. And it's this idea of always trying to find fault in someone else, other than looking interiorly at ourselves. Dwight Eisenhower said this, he said, the search for the scapegoat is the easiest of all hunting expeditions. (laughs) It's so easy to just find fault with others and completely ignore the challenges that we personally face. So in effect, what this does is it's propping ourselves up as our own God. We're taking the highest position saying that we have no fault because under the Christian purview, you know, the Christian God is ultimate perfection and goodness itself. We don't There's no need to add anything. Nothing takes away from God's glory or his essence. He is who he is. And that is the ultimate perfection of standard of morality and and so on and so forth. This could be a little bit contrary and contrast this too with people who don't believe in God or what they believe mistakenly about the Christian God. God is not one being among many. He's not some ethereal, physical thing up in the cosmos Um, that is just kind of lording over us with a Zeus-like lightning rod. He's not one thing among many. He is something outside of ourselves. And it's really kind of interesting with this idea of like us being God. You see this with a lot of the New Age type of thinking. I was looking up a few quotes with respect to this. Um, For example, this is one of them. I'm not a non-believer. In fact, I'm a devout believer in God. And that God is I, the human. So this is very strong egocentric focus on self that we are the ultimate reason for our own existence. It lies within ourselves. 
And that's just so wildly different from the Christian view, you know, viewpoint of God. Obviously, as First Peter says, in First Peter, we hear that we become participants in the divine nature. So there's an element where God is transforming us as we partake in his nature, but we are not the same thing as God. And we see this on full display too, because when a Christian or a classical theist talks about God, we're talking about ipsum esse. We're talking about the thing that ha- contains within itself the reason for its own existence. We're talking about the ground and contingency for all of creation to be in full flux. We're talking about the first principle, the first principle, the first mover. Since I came into life 32 years ago, I'm not a first mover. I'm a late mover, actually. Um, so we And we don't contain a reason within ourselves for our own existence. We don't have that kind of built up inside. We're contingent on a whole host of things. And if you go down, if you use Thomas Aquinas' argument from contingency, you go down that path of figuring out, well, what am I contingent on? Well, then what's that thing contingent on and that thing contingent on? You realize pretty quickly just how small you are when it comes to the grandeur of all of creation. Now, that doesn't take away from obviously the Imago Dei that we all have. We were created in the image of God. But through our own sin, our own dysfunction, we've been kind of disfigured, if you will. And the whole of the Christian life and spiritual adventure is getting ourselves properly aligned with the will of God. So this idea of us being God, propping ourselves up as God, and using scapegoat as this mechanism through which we look for fault in the other just doesn't really fly. It doesn't help us at all. Actually, it makes us more divisive. And right there is where the devil comes into play, if if you will. This is another great quote that I was looking up. Shannon Adler said this, evil originates not in our absence of guilt, but in our attempts to escape it. We have to not judge others just because they sin differently. And that's something we just do. And we gotta stop. We gotta get out of that mentality because we will never grow as people and as humans if we don't if we don't get out of this this constant pointing the finger and looking at somebody and just because they're engaged in a sin that I don't personally struggle with or I don't personally engage in, we use that as an opportunity to as the gospel says, pick up the rocks and stone someone. So the solution, we got to stop doing this and we got to start doing a whole lot of this. We need to look in the mirror first and we got to have a a reflection and a deep understanding and awareness of what we struggle with. Because when we have that awareness, our awareness of what everybody else is struggling with becomes that much greater. We start looking at everybody else's sins or perceived sins on our part. And we say, you know what? They're going through something that's exactly what I'm going through. Awareness breeds knowledge. It's interesting. The more knowledge you have, the the, the more you realize how little knowledge you have. But then through that process, you realize pretty quickly, you're like, man, I really don't know. I know so little about all the, if you look at the whole wealth of knowledge that is out there, you know so little. And that's a sobering feeling. And when you get to that place of kind of brokenness, if you will, it actually frees you up. Anyways, stop doing this, do a whole lot more of this. And this Lenten season is the perfect time to really step back and focus on that. This, heck, this COVID-19 thing, the self-isolation that all of us have is a perfect time 
to step back and really reflect on these areas of your life that do need the most work in this area. So I hope everybody's doing well. Definitely drop some comments below Wanna if you want to engage in dialogue. More than happy to, especially since we're all quarantined right now. And hit that like button, pound that subscribe button like you mean it. Ring that little bell so you can get more of this awesome content. From all of us here at Practical Theism, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.